Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 267, and it is titled How to Finally Live Happily Ever After with Justin and Cresta. So what are we talking about here? Obviously, everybody's heard live happily ever after. Most people, I think, these days assume that it's just a cheesy Disney line that doesn't actually exist. <laughs> Granted, uh, you know, I did not have the opportunity with my wife to live the rest of our lives, but I can tell you that the, the time we did spend together all those years, we're very happily ever after, and I know that it is possible. And I have some guests on the show today who also are living this, and I think they are going to be able to give us... Uh, a really good idea of how we can create this in our lives, because it is absolutely possible. You can live a long, happily married life. It doesn't have to get boring. It doesn't have to get stale. It doesn't have to become cohabitation or co-parenting or any of the things that it often becomes for people. So then the question is, how do we get there? And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But before we get there, a short word from our sponsor, Power and Mastery 3.0 is here. The Men's Sexual Mastery Program you have heard about on this show for a long time is now even better. I have personally reviewed every module, lesson, video, audio, and PDF to see if there is anything new that needed to be added. As a result, I have added 10 new videos, one new audio, eight new PDFs, and dozens of links to handpick products to help support your journey to mastery. In addition, there is also a brand new user interface that makes it easier to navigate the course and find your course materials. So if you are ready to become the sexual master you have always wanted to be, then go now to powerandmastery.com. That is powerandmastery.com. Okay, so Justin and Cresta are certified coaches whose mission is to help couples who are struggling with intimacy and communication in all areas of their relationship, but are both looking for and longing for a deep connection. So welcome, Justin and Cresta, to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. We're we excited to be it. here. Yes, very much so. Yeah, you know, I like in your bio, you know, you mentioned that uh, you work with couples who are struggling with intimacy and communication, but that they are actually looking for uh, a, a deep connection or a, a, a good relationship. And that, that's something that my wife and I always specialized in too. In other words, like we didn't, we didn't specialize in working with the couples that were on the verge of like divorce and breakup, right? right. We specialized in helping people like they love each other, they want to be together, but they can't figure out how to make it work or how to get to the place they, they want to get to. And so I think that's a, right. a beautiful place to be as far as being able to help people, because there's so many people in that niche that you're addressing. Yeah, there are, you know, with, uh, with marriages so often, there's so many things that pop up that kind of derail you from that original intent when you got married, because when you got married, you had that honeymoon phase and everything was new and exciting. And then, uh, you know, you get that Life promotion. Happens. Life happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get that promotion at work. You start having kids and all of a sudden you feel like your roommates just raising two kids and, but you still love that person that you're sitting across the din dinner table from. You love them. You just don't know how to connect because your life has taken on so many new challenges, so many new facets that you just don't know where to turn. And it's not that those couples are wanting out. It's, it's how, how do we move this thing forward to get to where we were before or get, yeah, move it back. Yeah. And so that, that's really what we like focusing on. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And like I said, there's so many people in that space uh, that could really use that work. So it's great that you're out there doing that. So my first question is, is kind of an extension of, of what we were just talking about, which is, okay, what does it actually mean to live happily ever after? Because everybody's got this, like I said in the intro, this like Disney idea of what it means, right? Like, but, <laughs> right, but right. what does it actually mean? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. One thing that, that we really emphasize when we're talking to, to couples who are ready to join the program is it's going to take work. It's a not a lot of work. Some, a a lot of, of work sometimes. It's, yeah. It's more work than not. Yeah. And so, but 
it takes work because you've got to work on yourself. You got to start focusing on yourself and get yourself in a place where you're able to to move forward as well. So so we do a lot of work with couples in, individually as well. Like it, uh, I'll work with the men, she'll work with the women. But that happily ever after is getting to a point where you understand one another, you have a deep connection, and you're really becoming best friends again. Um, and I know that term is kind of overused a lot today, but just really understanding each other on an intimate level so that I'm able to respond to Cresta's needs when she's down. She's able to respond to my needs when I'm down, and we're just we're there for each other. And that, and that happens naturally. It's not, hey, I'm, I'm down. You need to pick me up. Right. It, it's just a natural, you feel it. And yeah. you naturally pick each other up without having to ask. Yeah. And it's having that partner with you. Um, so often, you know, especially when you start raising kids, you know, may, maybe the, the mother's doing the bulk of the work of raising the kids and the dad just kind of works, comes home and sits down. Well, that's not a happily ever after for the wife. You know, she's she's doing a lot of the work. And so how do we get parents to be parents together? How, how do we get them to be partners together in life in, in every aspect of that? And really, once you start working on everything together, it doesn't matter what kind of challenges life throws at you. Like you're enjoying working on this because you're now a cohesive team working together to accomplish your goals. And everything is happier that way. It is. Indeed. I love that you use the word team. That is a word that my wife and I used all the time. We used to call ourselves Team Us. Uh, the, yeah. the, the us had two meanings, obviously us, but also it, <laughs> it, it was an acronym that stood for something else. But the, the point is, is we always saw the relationship as absolutely a team. And yeah. in a team, 100%. you work together for a common goal. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when Crest and I sit down and, you know, just taking finance, because that's something real big that a lot of couples struggle with is I, I come at it from a different perspective than she comes at it because we were raised different. And so she has a different perspective of money than I do. And so when we come together, we as long as we have our goals laid out where we're headed, she can bring different uh, a different set of values to the finances that that I bring in. I don't look at those as negative. I look at those as picking myself up where I'm weak and where she lacks. I'm picking her, her up where she's weak. And really that's how a team operates, you and know, vice versa. and vice yeah. versa. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, when we sit down and, and we're looking at our common goals, we attack it as a team. And are there, are there sometimes some, you know, disagreements where we got to work together? Absolutely. We're two humans coming together from different perspectives, but mm -hmm. we understand the goal. And so we're working together for those goals and uh, that's really how we approach er everything in life. Absolutely, everything we do is is approached with that that two sided, two sided to one sided. It's yeah. uh, we come together. Um, it's not my stuff and his stuff. It's it's our stuff. Yeah, and that's and, and that's how it should be if you're really dedicated to being a couple. Okay, so. That guy, we, we have an idea of what happily ever after means. It means really working <laughs> together. It means connecting. It means mm -hmm. sharing a life where you are still attracted to your partner, still happy to be with them, still maintaining right. a healthy sex life and, and all of that stuff throughout the entire length of that relationship, whether it's 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, whatever, right? That, that's what we mean when we say happily ever after. So yep. then my next question is... What's the biggest struggle that you see couples dealing with? Like, what's the, what's the main thing that gets them off that course to happily ever after? I, w I would say it's how they were raised in, in this concept of family of origin the, mm -hmm. that we talk about with, with couples. Because you, you've got couples that were raised to deal with situations a certain way. And so, you know, one couple might come in where everything was dealt with with arguing and... I don't want to say arguing in a negative Loud. way, but, but, but very loud <laughs> and boisterous. Then you've got another couple that are another person. Uh, person in that relationship that comes at it with a very meek attitude where, you know, maybe it wasn't dealt with. It was swept under the rug or when it was dealt with, it was dealt with very lightly, quietly. quietly. And so what we have found is a lot of couples just are attacking problems at two different angles. 
And so if we can really get couples to understand where their partner is coming from and understand why their partner is reacting the way they are or communicating the way they're communicating, we have found that that gets them past a lot of problems because, again, we're working with couples that want to be there. They want to be with each other. They just... They, they've lost that ability to sometimes communicate, sometimes just sometimes be in the same room together, but just really working together. And so if they can understand that, that when, you know, the husband is being loud and boisterous, he's not being mean and aggressive. That's how his, that's how he was raised. That's how his parents dealt with issues. And so if, if we get the wife to understand that, then she starts to find her voice a little bit. Okay, so he's not being mean and aggressive. He's not mad. He, that's just how he's communicating. Usually we can end up getting him to a happy medium where it's yeah. a, a middle tone discussion instead of uh, either a loud one or a quiet one. It's it's adjusting both people to center um, or or understanding in this case. Yeah. So I, I like this idea of family of origin, because I think what it's speaking to here is something that we are seeing so much in our society these days, which is people almost living in two separate realities, right? Yeah. So in other right. words, one person grew up with learning from their primary role models, one way of communicating, expressing their emotions, showing up in a relationship that they think like that's their reality. This is how you operate in a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. This and, is how every relationship operates. <laughs> right. That, that as well. Right. And then you've got the other person going, well, no, 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 that's not how you do it. This is how you do it. Cause they learned it this way from their mm-hmm. primary role models. And so both of them are thinking they're right. And both of them are thinking the other person is wrong. Yes. And right. how do you, how do you get them both to see that they're, uh, well, that they're both attempting to get to the same outcome, the same goal, but just from two different places. And so I guess right. that would be kind of my next question, which is when you, when you see, when you're working with couples and you see that they have really just two different ways of operating in a relationship, how do you begin to start to bring them closer together so that they're sort of operating from the same the same playbook, so to speak? Like they're starting to communicate in ways that they can hear. They're starting to understand each other. Like, oh, that was from his dad or that was from her mom or, or whatever. So one of the best ways to do that is is to do a session together. So Cresta and I, and then the other couple, and then have the husband talk about how did your parents communicate when you were a kid and have the wife listen to that and have the wife take notes and then switch it up. Have the wife uh, talk about how her parents communicated, have the husband take notes. And then what you do at that point is you, you ask the wife and the husband, is this how... Is this how she tries to communicate to you or is, is this the areas that you feel are lacking in your communication because she's doing this? And usually right then they start to understand, okay, yes, she's communicating just like her mom or just like her father. He's communicating just like one of his parents. And so right there, we find a piece of common ground saying, okay, so he is trying to communicate to you. It may not be coming across to you. You may not be hearing it, but he is trying. So can we, can we agree that each one of you is trying to communicate? Like you guys are trying to work on this. We're just at a miss somewhere. And usually at that point, a lot, most of the couples I would say will, will then agree that, okay, so, so we are trying to communicate to each other. There's a miss. And if you can get them to understand that there's a miss somewhere, Again, they're they're wanting to work on this. They're wanting to fix it, and so now they can start coming to coming together and and start adjusting to how they're communicating. And so, you know, we have a few exercises we do where you know maybe the wife's a little meek, and so what is uncomfortable for you to say in in this last ar- argument you have? Well, I wanted to tell him, you know, A, B, and C. Okay, so go ahead and tell him that because he wants to hear that. That's what he's trying to get from you, but you're not communicating it. And then obviously with and again, we're using loud and boisterous, like there's a lot of different areas that family of origin f- fall in. Th- those are just kind of the easiest ones to understand. But the loud one, okay, maybe maybe slow down a little bit. Don't, don't get so excited. Don't get so emotional when you're having a conversation because that's kind of overloading her sensors intimidating and it's being a little intimidating so let's let's lower that down a little bit and start communicating that way and then you know we let them go for a week and how did that work did you have any arguments what and usually the couples will start to find a happy medium um you know i've we've, we've seen an example where uh 
you know, the happy medium was not where we would have put it. You know, both couples became a little more vocal and a little more, <laughs> I don't want to say aggressive because that's not the right word, just more loud in their arguments. So the meek person, more outspoken, person, more outspoken yes. <laughs> and so it, it wasn't where we would have placed it, but it worked for them. And so I think as coaches, that's one of the hard things is when a couple finds out something that's working for them. And it's like, ah, oh, man, that's kind of outside where I would like <laughs> you to be, but it's working that. for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of how we start that process. And again, that takes a couple of weeks. That's not something that, that we'll have one session with a couple and say, okay, you guys are good. Let's move on to the next thing. That's something we like to, mm-hmm. to, to really work on because we have found that once we get that kind of set, everything else just starts to snowball. Right. So I heard you use the examples of, of both men and women having difficulty communicating with each other. I'm curious from your perspective, do you see men struggling more to communicate uh, their needs, their wants with women, or do you see women, or is it kind of even? It's, it's pretty even. Uh, it's kind of a shocking answer. A lot of people would not expect to hear that. Um, but it is pretty even. Women have a lot more difficulty um, expressing than men think that they do yeah um to to get things across because there is that intimidation um where you know am, am i what what am what i'm about to say is are they going to take it right yeah and i think some of that comes from and and i i, I think you, you've probably seen this working with men too men become pouty men become very whiny when they don't get what they want and and sometimes they become that's the best way I know how to explain it. It is almost childish and they're trying to communicate and granted they are doing it wrong. They, they, they need to find a different way to communicate, but they're trying to communicate. So, you know, the best example I think of it is, is when a guy doesn't get sex, he becomes whiny and pouty and like, uh, you know, it's always this way. And what we try to do is, is kind of take them out of their situation and have a 30,000 foot overview. Okay. You didn't get sex tonight, but you're saying you never get sex. When was the last time you had sex? Well, it was four or five days ago. Okay. So let's take the never out of that statement. You're not getting sex tonight. Is it the end of the world? No. Okay. You know, and obviously there, there's some things we need to work on on both sides in a situation like that, but you know, and so we try to get the whininess and the complaining out of men because they are trying to communicate. It's just, it's, it's not working. They're, they're communicating the wrong way. Right. Um, so that's why I say men do try to communicate. It's just, they're going about it the wrong way. Got it. So in your experience, then what you're saying is women are more concerned about whether or not their communication is going to be received correctly. And they may yeah. be intimidated by, you know, the reaction that he's going to have to what she has to communicate. Whereas on the right. other end, men tend to maybe uh, shut down a little bit more and or not really know how to actually express what it is they want to say. Yes. Yeah. Does that sound? Yep. That, that, that would be accurate, yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so of course, that, that begs a couple more questions, right? Which is, uh, and we'll, we'll start from the women's side first. What is it, would you say, uh, Cresta, a woman needs in order to be able to communicate more effectively with her man? Um, it, it's going to start with him hearing her. Like he, has to, he has to give some kind of indication that he's actually listening to what she's saying. That's, that's where it's going to start, because if she can see that he's hearing what she's saying, then she's going to be more open to to that communication and do it more often and, and probably learn easier how to work with his communication versus against it. So they're not butting heads. It's, it's cohesive. Mm -hmm. What what about um, a a feeling of safety for her? Oh, safety is everything in, in a marriage. (laughs) That's, that's one of the things that we kind of pride ourselves on, or I pride my relationship on is that feeling of safety. I, I had never been in a relationship with anybody where I actually felt safe and the, the feeling of safety, if I say this and it comes out wrong, he's not going to blow up on me. Mm-hmm. So that's okay that I say it because I'm at least communicating what I need to communicate. Yeah. So, so guys who are listening to this show, what she just said is basically two things. Number one, you have to make her feel safe that she can communicate mm-hmm. what she needs to communicate. 
right? And number yes. two, you have to show that you're actually paying attention to what <laughs> she's <just> saying. <laughs> if you could do those things, suddenly you will, you will see that her communication improves significantly. Mm-hmm. So yes. <laughs> let's, let's flip it around now and let's talk about uh, the men. So we're talking about how the men really struggle to uh, express the things that they want to express. What, what do the men need or how can they uh, get better at expressing uh, you know, what they need to in a given moment? I, th- I think the best advice I ever received was uh, tell your wife what you're actually feeling. So if you're approaching, and this is something a lot of men can relate to, if you're approaching the topic of sex and you want to have sex and she denies you and, and it becomes a, a issue you're going through uh, consistently, tell her how that makes you feel. Hey, this makes me feel emasculated. This makes me feel uh, childish that I have to come and ask you for this. Uh, tell her exactly how you're feeling because so often men don't communicate exactly what they're feeling. We, we communicate with our emotions and we get pouty or we get mad or we get you know frustrated and we don't communicate with our words. So communicate with your words, how, how, sh- what she's doing makes you feel because so often they don't know that. And as soon as they know that they're like, Oh shoot, I'm so- I, I didn't realize that's what I was doing to you. I didn't realize I was making you feel this way. So the first thing is communicate with your words exactly how it makes you feel. The second is if your wife comes to you with a problem, with something that that irritates you, still make her feel safe to bring that uh, to you. Don't don't get upset. Don't be overly lash out, lash out or anything like that. Like she's got to feel that she can bring you anything at any time. And you're going to be that rock and that pillar that's not going to overreact to the situation. Are there times that you need to react quickly to things? Absolutely. But you don't need to overreact to a situation. Well, and I I think one thing that I can recommend to everybody with communication is, and he just said talking about reacting quickly, um, communication, slow down. Yeah. Slow down your thought process and your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. always that good helps. advice <laughs> you know they always you, you always hear think before you speak but it's so so helpful to actually do that because you can say th- and Justin said things to me where I'm like did you just seriously say that to me he's like wait what did I just say <laughs> and and if you if you can slow down and think about what you say before you say it you yeah. can maybe prevent some kind of a little bit of hurt uh, just yes. by considering the tone that's about to come out of your mouth or, or the words. Yes. So slow down is my best communication <laughs> tip. <laughs> yeah. There's been a, uh, more than there should, I guess you could say, where I've used the wrong word to describe something about Cresta. And she's like, did you really just call me this? <laughs> I, I, I think I think we we were talking about... I forget the context and I called her a hussy and she's like, did you really just call me that? And I meant to say lush when we were joking around, like not hus, like just the wrong words came out, but her ability to, to stop the conversation and say, is this really what you meant to call me? And it's like, no, that's, that's not what I meant at all. You know, in, instead of getting mad and upset and, and starting a potential argument, argument, you know, she was able to, to slow that conversation down and say, okay, is this really what you meant? And I was able to think, oh, no, okay, I misspoke. That's not the word I intended on using. <laughs> always <laughs> so. Always great advice. Slow down and think before you speak. And definitely don't react out of emotion, right? Those, those yes. emotional reactions, because they, they rarely ever lead to anything good <laughs> that's, in a discussion. That's true. Absolutely. But, but I, like, I like what you also said, uh, you know, from the man's point of view. And it's just a point I sort of want to reiterate. Which is that, you know, as men, we're taught not to really be in touch with or feel our emotions, right? Mm-hmm. And so we learn to sort of suppress that and not really talk about it and not really deal with it. But women, on the other hand, are all about emotions. And so yeah. what I was hearing you say is like, hey, if guys, if you can, first of all, communicate, use your words, and second of yes. all, communicate how emotionally that makes you feel, that's something that she'll be able to understand on the other side. Go, oh, yeah, I know yes. that emotion. I can understand that, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's not necessarily always going to be an easy thing for us men no. because it's not something that we have really <laughs> practiced or learned. Right. But right. whether it's an emotion or it's simply 
the reason, like, for instance, you know, you use the, the example of wanting sex. And I think if a woman truly understood why sex was important to him mm-hmm. as a man, that would help her understand a whole lot more rather than just, I just need sex. I just need sex. Like, how come I'm not getting sex? Because I need sex. And she's like, well, big deal. I need lots of stuff I don't have, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> See, and there's, there's what you just said is key. She needs the emotional. So if, if he can support her emotionally, she's going to naturally support him more physically. Yeah. We, we talk about how we um, improve intimacy inside and outside of the bedroom, and they correlate so much. They do. You, the more intimacy you, intimacy you have outside of the bedroom, the more intimacy you're going to have inside of the bedroom. Yes. Yeah. That is absolutely true. Uh, and that's one of the things that, uh, you know, my wife and I used to say all the time because we, we focused a lot in the work that we do on the sexuality piece of people's relationships. And so, you know, we used to say all the time that, you know, foreplay starts long before you ever get into the bedroom. <laughs> yes. Yes. That, <laughs> it does. That is it so does. true. It, yeah. You know, and it's, it's the simple things that men can do, you know, it's making sure your wife never has to take out the trash. It's, you know, texting her randomly just to say hi. And I'm thinking about you. Yeah. Just two seconds. You know, it's doing those little things throughout the day that, that makes her feel like she's thought about that. She's cared for that. You know, you're doing these things because you love her, not because, you know, she has asked you to do it. How many, and and every guy can relate to this. How many times has your wife asked you to do something that you probably could have done before she asked you? Like take out the trash, do the dishes, unload the dishwasher, like little things like that. Start be start being a little bit more proactive in those things and watch how it really translates to the bedroom. Because all of a sudden, what you're really doing is taking some burden off her, taking some responsibility off her. And now she's, whether you like to admit it or not, now she's not as tired when it's time to go to bed. She's a little less stressed because her mind isn't thinking about all these other things. She's taking not so much about the trash. Her. Yeah, she, <laughs> she's not thinking about the trash. Yes, you, you are um, absolutely right. And I love that you guys are bringing this up because listeners who've been listening to this show for a long time have heard myself and my wife and I, when we did the show together, say this exact thing over and over again. But what I love is when we have other examples of successful couples come on here and tell you that this is the secret to their success. <laughs> like, I think, listeners, if you hear it enough times, it might start to sink in. Right. <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. When it comes to sex, you know, my wife used to say all the time, she's like, you know, uh, women have this ability to be, uh, she used to call it diffuse awareness. She's like, we can think of a million things at one time. Yeah, that's great when you're a mom and you have a million things that have to happen. But when you get into the bedroom, the last thing you want to be doing is thinking of of a million things. And so just like you both just said, one thing, just one simple thing that you can do as a guy to get her out of her head and into her body is to help her take care of a few of those things. The trash is out. Done, right? Yes. <laughs> the kids are taking care of their sleep. Done, right? She yes. Check all that stuff off her list. It's absolutely great advice. Yeah. Yep. You know, and uh, Crest and I didn't raise kids together. I, I had my kids before we got together. But, you know, especially like giving Cresta just some time, like right now she's going through chemotherapy and things like that, and giving her some time just to go and relax, you know, not breathing down her neck every second of the day. Like, hey, why don't you go take a bath? I know you're in a little bit of pain right now. And giving her the freedom just to go and be by herself and relax really, really changes the whole dynamic sometimes of, of, of her mental well-being. Because right now she's going through a lot of pain. And so sometimes she'll get a little tunnel visioned. And if I can, if I can escort her kind of out of that for a little bit, like it just, it, it opens up so many more things. And uh, if men would just see that in their wives, like the kids are driving them crazy. Okay. I'm going to take care of the kids for the next hour and a half. You go take a bath, do what you need to do. I'm taking care of the kids. I'll, I'll finish up with their homework. I'll get them to bed. That way you don't have to worry about it. Like those type of things are huge in a mother's or a woman's life. Right. Yeah. But, yeah and, and it deepens everything inside, outside, uh, the house, the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> it it makes everything it it is it's relationship changing to to have a man 
think about those things. Yeah. So, you know, basically we're coming back around again to teamwork, right? This is teamwork, yeah. right? When, when, one, when one person needs the help, the other person steps in and provides <laughs> it. That's, yes. that's how yep. it works. Okay. Um, I got to take a, a short break for a sponsor. Uh, and then when we come back from that, I want to talk about, because I have a bunch of questions about, you know, right now we've been talking about, uh, you know, how people can uh, really maintain a good relationship, the day-to-day things they can do. But I got a bunch of questions about when things really start to go off the tracks, right? And and how we can kind of bring that back around. So that's what I want to get to when we, when we come uh, back from the other side of this break. Okay. Okay. Are you a couple? Are your relationship and sex life where you want them to be? Are there changes you would like to make but just don't know how? Maybe you think there is nothing that can be done. I challenge you to make this year the year that changes. If you are not 100% happy with where your relationship or sex life is, then get help today and change your life. Go to kevinensling.com forward slash sex dash coaching dash couples. Yeah, that's a mouthful. Link is in the description. Don't worry about it. When you go there, you can schedule a strategy call with me today so we can map out a strategy to help you get you to where you want to be. That is kevinanseline.com forward slash sex dash coaching dash couples. The link is in the description. And I will also put out there, and of course, I will give you time at the end of the show. uh, If you like and you resonate with Justin and Cresta who do similar work, then go check them out too. I will give them an opportunity to plug where you can find them at the end of the show. But uh, I'm a big fan of helping people get the help that they need, regardless of who it is. So if you're a listener of the show and you like what I do, go check that out. And at the end, when uh, Justin and Krista tell you where they can find more about them, go check them out as well. Okay. So we've been talking about, you know, the day-to-day things, how to help out, how to have better communication, how to work together as a team, all that kind of great stuff. And it's all fantastic stuff that every couple should be doing every day. But let's just say you haven't been doing those things. Let's just (laughs) say your relationship has gone off the tracks. You know, one of the things, Justin, that you and I talked about in the in the pre-interview, which is definitely something that I have seen as well, and I'm wondering if you could maybe talk about, well, both of you, of course, uh, is when a relationship gets to the point where a woman decides that she wants to leave, that's generally not a decision that she came to very quickly, is it not? No, it's usually probably at at least a year, if not two or three years in the making. Sometimes more. Yeah. You know, um, you've got, you've got wives a lot of times like to keep things together for the kids. And so they're going to mentally deal with whatever they need to deal with so that they have the best for their kids. And, you know, as a culture and society, and it's right, it's best to have that cohesive family that, that, nucleus. So she's going to try to keep things together as long as possible. But when she reaches that point where she has asked for a divorce, asked you to move out, it's, it's not a spur of the moment thing. It's likely right around two years is pretty much the average that she's been thinking about it. And usually at that point, I don't ever want to say it's too late because it's, it's not too late even at that point, because you can, as a man, go and make the changes you need to make. It's just a lot of work. It's hard work. And you have, the best way to say it is you've almost got to let her go work on yourself to, to become the man that she fell in love with. Because somewhere down the road, you, you got off track. The best example I have of this is, is one of our clients. He, he was working like 80 hours a week for a company. Um, he, he was in management and, you know, he was having staffing issues. So he was working all the time. He was covering two or three jobs and his wife came to him and he's like, and she told him, I want you to quit your job. Again, this is where the family of origin and communication come in. That's not really what she was asking of him. She wanted him to find time for the family. Like, I, I need you here. I, I need you part of the family. When we got married, this is what I wanted. I need you here with the kids. I need you here with me. You, you've got to find a balance. Well, he took it literal. So he quit his job. Quit his job. <laughs> he had something in, in his back pocket that he was working on and it wasn't fully fleshed out at that point, but he ended up making it work, but it's not what she wanted. And once we got that couple together to, to really understand that 
That's not what she wanted, man. She was wanting you to spend time with your family. She was wanting you to do all these little things that we've talked about. It took a while to get him to turn around because that was a pretty rash decision that he made. Right, right. And it and it was a buildup. She had asked him, hey, can we spend some time together? Can we spend some time together? Can we spend some time together? Yeah. And then eventually she's like, you just need to quit your job. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was, it's that communication and that, that, that slow down and listen to what each other is saying. Yeah. You know, and that goes back to ask, ask questions. Like if she says, quit your job and you think, cause he thought that was a pretty rash decision. Well, ask her about it. Like, don't just take <laughs> you really her word. Really want me to quit my job. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like have a conversation about it. So, um, obviously that's a pretty extreme example. Um, it did all work out. I it, mean, they're, they're doing awesome now. Right. Yeah. And, but, and they spend a lot of time together. A ton of time together now, <laughs> like things did work out for them. But, you know, when you get to that point, it, it, you really got to start fo- focusing in, in on yourself and working on yourself because obviously there's something that's gone off the rails on your end that, that you need to take the time, time to fix. Yeah. And so really the, what I wanted to pull out with that question was understand that these generally are things that have built up over a long period of yeah. time. Right. So one, that means you need to address it right away because this isn't something new that just happened that you, ah, at some point well, it'll work itself out. No, no, it's been building for a long time. Right. Yes. Yep. Uh, and two, don't expect it to be fixed instantly either. Right. Because no. this has happened over a long period of time. It's going to take a little while to, to, to bring that back. So um, yeah, I think that is something that a lot of guys don't realize. They think they think that women tend to operate more like men, where men will just get an impulsive reaction, be like, "That's it, I'm done," yep. right? Right. <laughs> that, that's generally not the way it works for most no, women. No. Okay, so let's just say a man does realize uh, that this has gone off the rails and that something needs to be done. Another thing that we talked about that we see all the time and I think needs to be addressed is this idea of grand gestures to fix yes. everything <laughs> with one giant amazing gesture, yes. right? We see this in just about every like sitcom and rom-com movie ever made, yes. right? The right. guy Fs up from beginning to almost the entire end of the movie, right? And then suddenly he swoops in with a grand gesture and everything's all right and they live happily ever after. So my question to you is, (laughs) does this work? And if it doesn't, what should they actually be doing? So from the perspective of the man, let's say you've noticed everything going off the rails and you've had the talk um, that never gets anybody anywhere. (laughs) Start... (laughs) Start making the changes you need to make that you know you need to make uh, in your life, in your daily habits, but don't tell your wife you're making those changes. Because if you've gotten to that point, how many times, I'm sure you've had multiple talks at that point. It's, it, as much as it is a surprise, it's really not a surprise because you've probably had that conversation a couple times and you've told her, yeah, I'm going to start doing this and I'm going to start doing that. And so she's lost trust in what you say, you know, we, as men, our word is our bond. A lot of times, you know, she's there every morning when you don't wake up at four 30 in the morning and go to the gym. Like you told her the night before you were going to do like, she's there. She understands who you are. She understands your failures. So my, my first recommendation is always stop talking and start doing, don't tell her the changes you're going to make. Just make those changes because what she's going to do initially is she's going to start questioning, questioning those changes. You know, is he doing this short term? Is this permanent? You know, she's going to have a lot of questions. And if you go to her and you say, Hey, I'm going to start doing this. And then you mess up one day. It's another big deal. Whereas if you start making the changes and you mess up one day and you pick yourself back up the next, it's not that big of a deal because you haven't talked about it. You haven't told her. And, just, it wasn't a broken promise. It wasn't a broken promise. And we're all human. We're all going to fail sometimes. So as you're getting yourself right, just start doing it yourself. And and to add on to that, it's not it's not big things. No. It's the it's the trash. Yeah. It's a, the dishes. It's it's, it's giving her time alone. Tiny little things. Uh, the compound effect. If you do start doing one small thing today, yeah. You do it again tomorrow. Eventually, it's going to be huge. Yeah. You know, and from the, 
from the man's perspective, start writing the things you're grateful for. Gratitude journals are amazing. A gratitude journal. Like, what am I thankful for? And what that's going to do is that's just going to start to change, change your mindset on, you know, you're not going to start, you know, because a lot of times men do get a little nitpicky on the things maybe she does do or doesn't do. And, and, and there starts to be this comparison of who's doing what. And if you get into the habit of that gratitude journal, that those comparisons go away and you start doing things because you love her, you care about her, and you understand the value that she adds to your family. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. And if you expect it to happen overnight, you're living in a fantasy world. Like, <laughs> like it's going to take some time because you've got to rebuild that trust. You've got to rebuild that connection. You've got to rebuild everything, but understand that it, it does work. It just takes time. And you have to remember to drop the competition. Yeah. A relationship is not a competition. Well, I took the trash out last time and I took the trash out the three times before that and he hasn't taken it out at all. And, you know, that's just going to make issues worse. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Chris, I want to just follow up uh, with you on the grand gestures versus the little things. I'm curious if, and I don't know if you've experienced this before, you, you likely have, but like, if a man comes to you with this grand gesture, like what's the first thing that goes through your mind? Like, are you like, oh my God, this is amazing? Or are you like, yeah, good, good luck with that. Like, I, <laughs> what goes through your mind as a woman when a man shows up and tries to fix everything with, with some grand it, gesture? It's kind of a temporary high. Like, oh, that's so nice. That's going to be so awesome. Uh, we're going to go on this big vacation and everything's going to be good. And then as soon as it sets in, it, you realize that it's not, a fix. It's it, it's not even a band aid, really. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a temporary, very short lived high of oh, he's doing this for me. Whereas the little things, you know, I would rather have him take the trash out than than some big grand gesture. Uh, help help with the dishes, you know, those little things on the, on the daily basis. I like to be thought of daily, not. Mm-hmm. Once every six months for vacation. Do you find that when you get the big initial high from the grand gesture, that there's also an associated low afterwards? Like, like not even Absolutely. just back to normal, but like you know they do the even big, lower. Yeah, even lower. Right. So, mm-hmm. That's something you've experienced. Um, not. So I, I've had a lot of. Um, I, I was never married before Justin. And uh, I, I had a lot of uh, horrible, unhealthy relationships. <laughs> <laughs> so there were never any grand gestures before. <laughs> so, but but there's the the low is because you're coming back to, you know, you, you go on this vacation and you come back, and, and that even lower is like, well, this was supposed to fix it. This was supposed to make it better, and it hasn't. So so now what? You, you're instead of being back to a medium spot, you're, you're even lower and it, and it's going to take even more work to get it's, it's out because, of it. It's because the grand gestures don't deal with the root issues. Right. You know, they're, they're, Thank you're, you. you're, <laughs> you're painting over something that, that needs to be ripped out and redone. You know, no. we, we've all had that apartment in our younger days that they threw a fresh coat of paint on and said, it's good to go. <laughs> oh yeah. Sometimes more than one of those. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and you walk in and you're like, yeah, this does look a little better than I, when I, you know, did my initial walkthrough. And then you live there and you're like, this isn't any better at all. This is probably worse now right. because there's spots. Now there's that, mold under the paint. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you that know, you can't get rid of. <laughs> yes. You know, and so those, those grand gestures, uh, those do not fix anything. And, and if that is your idea of fixing things, then, then again, you're, you're, you know, going in the wrong direction. You're going in the wrong direction. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I really wanted to spend a little time focusing on that because it is so pervasive in our society, this idea mm-hmm. that you can just do that. And I really wanted to drive the point home with your help, of course, for the listeners that the grand gestures don't work and that it is indeed the little things, the little things, things that seem like they're just stupid and pointless, like taking out the trash. But you do that consistently over time, and those are the things. It's like you want to talk about ripping stuff out and starting over. It's one nail at a time. One nail at a time. (laughs) Right? That's yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we are getting close to the end of the show. I got a couple more questions I want to ask you. So let's just say that a couple does realize that 
this is going off the rails and something needs to be done, what is the first thing that they should do? Like suddenly they're like, oh crap, this is not working. Something needs to be done. What, what's like your, your piece of advice for the first thing that they need to do to start getting that train back over towards the tracks? Uh, I'll, go, I'll go from the man's perspective. And again, we've talked a lot about it today, but start doing those little things um, again without much conversation to your wife. But, you know, start start taking out the trash. Start, you know, I, I don't know how most people are, but like go get gas in your wife's car. Like just start doing those little things for her. And if she asks you why you're doing those you know, you don't, you don't really have to explain that, well, I'm trying to fix our relationship. I'm trying to get things better. Don't, don't go that route. Just said, I noticed that, you know, I, I hadn't been taken out the trash. I noticed your car was on empty and I wanted you to have gas. Like explain actually why you would do those things if your marriage was going well. And, you know, that way it doesn't feel like a pity party. And then understand that there is going to be uh, some rage or some lash out that, that may happen because you've done things wrong for so long you know, there, there may be the, the, the point in time where she's questioning you and understand. And this is what I like to tell men all the time. Understand that there is some anger, some rage or something like that. That is a good sign because that means she is still emotionally invested in the relationship. You know, it's when she's completely indifferent. I find that's when we have the, the real issues is when like there is no emotion no at response. all. No response. Uh, but if there is some emotion there, that's a good sign. Let's just keep working on that. I'll, I'll let you take it from there. Uh, so as far as, as like a woman, uh, I would say the first thing she needs to do is take a deep breath and realize that it's okay to ask questions. Um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling this. Why? You, you got to give a chance to feel safe. Yeah. And if you, can, if you can communicate that I want to feel safe with you, then something might click with him. Because a lot of the times they're they're starting to feel these things at about the same time. Yeah. And, you know, when he's Sometimes. realizing, uh-oh, she's probably realizing, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. And so so there's that that potential that he's gonna he's gonna catch on to that and and open open up to it a little bit better. Yeah. And one thing I think women need to 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 do if they notice things are going off the rail is is pretty much grab your husband by the shoulders and let him know exactly what's going on because so often we miss those little cues that they're throwing at us it's not that we don't want to fix it and sometimes we even know how to fix it but we just don't know that there's a problem right and the subtle cues sometimes don't work uh, Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, most subtle, of the time, subtle hints don't, don't ever work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so be honest, be straightforward with him. Let him know exactly what's going on, because he, he wants to fix those issues. But nine times out of ten, he doesn't know they're there. You know that that is absolutely so so true. That you know, a lot of the time, a lot of the time. As men, we actually do want to fix things because that's what we do. We're men. We fix things. But we can't fix anything if we don't know there's a, a problem. And we're definitely, in general, I know a few guys out there in the comments will say, but I do. Yeah, okay, there's outliers <laughs> to everything. In general, as men, we are not good at picking up these subtle hints. Correct. So, yeah. So, women, if you can be more direct with us... And don't worry, yes. we're men. We can take it. Just tell <laughs> yeah. us where we're effing up <laughs> so, yes. so yes. we're aware. But do it kindly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Absolutely. Any, any last bit of advice for couples, whether it's how to get the train back on the tracks or just how to have a great happily ever after in general? Believe in it. Believe that it can happen for you. It, yeah. it can happen. You, you have to be willing to work at it. Um, and, and be willing to do the work for it. Yeah. You know, and, and find somebody to help you. Uh, one of the, one of the reasons I think a lot of marriages aren't as good as they can be is because there's no training for it. There's no, there's manual, no manual on how to do it. So find somebody, find, find a coach that, that you click with. And, you know, we're, we're very much of the opinion of, of you is it doesn't have to be us. It doesn't have to be you like just find somebody you click with that you resonate with and get the help you need, because there are a lot of good marriage coaches out there that will help you get things going on on the right track. Mm -hmm. And if you have a good marriage, a great marriage, help somebody who doesn't, 
you know. And, and keep getting the help yourself because yeah. there's always going to be a need. Yeah. Even if you feel like you have a perfect marriage, you still have to have some kind of support there. Isn't yeah. it amazing that one of the most basic things about human life, which is a, being a couple, there's no manual for like, there's not. isn't that crazy? <laughs> like, it's like the most yeah. basic part of being human, and we f it up so badly, so frequently. <laughs> <We do. laughs> yes, yes. Uh, all right. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell the audience where they can find you if they're interested in working with you? Yeah, you guys can find us at deviationbydesign.com. And there it will detail our program. And if, if people are interested, they could book a free 30-minute coaching session with us. And at the end of that coaching session, we do give a free three-day mini course that individuals can go through. And at that point, if they like what they've gone through and want, want to schedule another call to, to do ongoing coaching, they are free to do that. Uh, but at the end of the 30-minute uh, uh, coaching session, we do give a a three-day mini course in the form of an ebook and worksheets and stuff. Yep. Awesome. Well, the link for that is in the description. So go check that out if you want to find more from Justin and Cresta. I have one last question for you. It is a question that I ask everybody that comes on the show. And that is, and you both get an opportunity to answer this, by the way. <laughs> what is your best sexual talent? Ooh, I would say... <laughs> I would say mine is probably oral sex. Yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> My, mine is, um, I think, surprising him with things he had no idea he was going to like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is a good one. Yeah. 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 There's, been, there's been a few of those, huh? Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Good for yes. you for bringing in some uh, some things to keep it spicy. <laughs> yes. 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 Well, those are both great talents to have. I want to thank you both for coming on the show. And uh, again, if you want to work with Justin and Cresta, link is in the description. So thanks again for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Definitely appreciate it. All right, everybody. That's all the time I have for this episode. And I will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab Podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>